Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to may have adult language and discuss adult themes not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. If you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 161, Far End of the Bench podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. It's Turkey uh, Week, baby. It's Turkey, turkey week. week. Turkey Week. Rest in peace week. to all those turkeys that will be absolutely ran through in, in, the, in, the, in the States uh, this, this upcoming week. But yeah, it's, no it's pause. Turkey Week. No pause. No pause. No it pause. Is, you are getting absolutely ran, destroyed, demolished. But let's be honest, if you're a turkey that you're, that's being eaten this weekend, your life wasn't that great to begin with. They overgrow you to the point where like, you can't even walk. So if it's a wild turkey, at least you earned your meal. I know I have a couple students in my class that killed their turkey for this year's Thanksgiving. They don't have that much food. to. I don't know what they're going to do because they won't have that much food. But um, no, it's obviously special week. I get the week off of school. It's obviously a time where people start getting together uh friday black friday we actually get football on black friday this year um so we're, every, we're holiday, have it gets, every holiday gets football it doesn't matter christmas the day nfl's oprah at christmas this point. Eve, you, you get a game you christmas get a game Eve has football christmas day has football we don't even get like one day i mean not we but like like the significant others in the world don't even get one day be like come on man like we don't need to watch we don't need to watch anything today. nope nope they're the the fucking uh the Packers are playing the Lions. What an absolute barn burner of a football game. I gotta watch it. I don't care what you want about the damn Macy's Day Parade. Football's on. That's all we're watching. So suck it up for all those significant others. Um, but you're listening to two podcast hosts who grew up in families that we don't run fucking five Ks on Thanksgiving. Okay, we watch football and we eat fo- and we eat food. Okay, that's that's what we do. That's that's the American tradition. And, and I don't I don't I don't know if your girlfriend's side of the family does five Ks for Thanksgiving, but I will not be marrying into a family that does that. I'll tell you that right now. So it doesn't matter. I'm glad that 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 the one of the best holidays of the year is coming up. Um, all I'm gonna say is everyone that's fucking celebrating Christmas already. Let us have Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a damn good holiday. Damn good holiday. Christmas, can, Christmas, Christmas is more than able to start on Black Friday. Let's put that exactly. Let me let us have our turkey. Let us have our last little season of fall. Fall is a great time of the year. Let like you said, people are celebrating fake Christmas way too early nowadays. You can start putting up your lights. That's fine. I can get that. But my God, let me celebrate damn Thanksgiving. It's, it, it is one of the most underrated holidays, in my opinion, of the whole calendar year. And 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 and, and, I, and like I said, it just gets shit on every single year. Be like, eh, who cares? It's just food. You're starving yourself. You're sitting on the couch. I'm gonna tell you right now. Sign me up for a, for a Thursday every single week of sitting on my couch watching football and eating food. I will sign me up for that every day of the week. You can week, start right? drinking at 10 a.m. What are we complaining about here? What exactly. are we What are we mad at? Exactly. Exactly. Sorry to my students. Don't. It's not just the holidays aren't just for drinking, but it just gives you an excuse. Uh, we are going to talk specific about uh, Thanksgiving and, and Thanksgiving memories that we have. If you've listened to the show, we kind of like to incorporate the holidays when they come up. And we've had a few episodes. Nico's mentioned his turkey bowls. So we're going to try and keep it a little bit interesting. But for those that are just joining or just jumping onto the bench and becoming bench warmers, we may tell some of the same stories. Who knows? I've been hit in the head so many times by the guy that uh, you see on the screen here. 
next to me that I don't know if I, I I'm lucky that I don't, I don't know, piss I'm myself every morning. Either. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I'm told half it, the stories, whether or not the CTE between the two of us, we, we have combined one brain cell on the show, but that's why you listen to us. So there you are. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing that we only have the one brain cell between us. Uh, let's go. What are what are some? We don't. It doesn't have to be specific memory, but what are some of the things that you see or that you kind of think back to, and and that brings up like, okay, well, do what is your family's tradition on Thanksgiving? I guess we could start there. What is what does the Bryant family do for Thanksgiving? Well, outside of what you said with 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 the turkey bowl every year and playing a little little touch football in the snow and shoveling shoveling snow, that's that's always a tradition, no matter. Uh, no matter what, but my family loves playing board games. We we get into heated board games, uh, extravagance, extravaganza after the football games are over, or like like either after or, or during the late game, depending on who's playing the late game. Because late game can sometimes can be the bad one. La- I think last year was Patriots and somebody. It wasn't a very good game. Um, usually the first two Thanksgiving football games are pretty are, are the better ones. I'm not sure what 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 the schedule looks like this year, but I think it is too. Um, but yeah, I it's always game night. We always try to find something that we're all we're all can just go at each other with. Um, this year, my family's been playing a lot of Catan. We, I've, I've, I've brought this up. Uh, You've said that before, and I still have I've yet to look into it, and I have no idea what. I'm going to tell you right now, there will be some people leaving in cars not very happy at each other because it, it will get extreme. Because there's one thing that my family is, is good at, and that's being very, very competitive. We're not good well, at it. We're likely to cause a fight, Monopoly or Catan. Monopoly, Monopoly. We don't even play Monopoly anymore. Monopoly Off the table. Just, it's not allowed. Catan is is a new game, fresh in our minds that we feel as though that that we can still like you know people are still learning the rules. It won't get that heated. Monopoly. If you don't know the rules and I'm trying to explain the rules to you, just get out. Give the seat up to somebody else. Like, like bring someone else new in. You're not playing. Just get off. So so it really it, just depends. But yeah, I, I, if you think that he's joking, you have to go back and listen to our episode with his dad, and you'll understand that. Yeah, if you're if you don't know the rules to Monopoly, you just get kicked off the table. There's no there's no training wheels. There's no oh you're four years old. That's great. Reggie has a, a new son. As soon as he's in the Monopoly circle, he better know the rules, or he's better getting booted from the table. <laughs> Like, like, like I'm telling you right now, you better go play video games on your iPad if you don't figure this out, son, is all I'm going to say. Like, this cutthroat. It is cutthroat. Like I said, I'm not here to explain the rules. I'm not here to explain the rules. We're here to win, and you're here to go against each other. That's how it is, okay? I'm here to swindle you out of all of your property. I'm here to make a side bet with you that I get 25% of everything that you make. Uh, Yes, uh, we're, that's going to come up a little bit later on too. So I'll, I'll save my other questions and everything like that. For myself, I think back to, I know that it's old school now and, it, and we don't get it on the same weekend anymore, but I used to love the CU Nebraska game on Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving, a few times where it's snowing pretty heavily. And, and you can think back, like I remember in being in my backyard, it was when we were still up north. So being in my backyard, the snow's falling down around me. I'm in my sweats. I have a beanie on. I'm just messing around outside, waiting for the CU Nebraska game to start. And there's leftovers in the fridge. I know that I'm what I'm going to be eating for the next few days. I probably, uh, you know, I, I get to enjoy that little bit of the that memory that kicks in. That's like, oh, this is cool. And then it turned into the. I, I talked about it a little bit on talking the gridiron, but the practices are on. Actually, it's on. Uh, Sunday morning tailgate yesterday because I was I was working hard yesterday for VSN. Be sure to check that out at Variety underscore Sports underscore and follow us at FEOTV Pod. I don't think I mentioned that yet. 
um, when we were practicing on Thanksgiving Day for high school football because it means you're in the semis, you're one of four teams left in the state of Colorado still playing football at that point, which was always a cool I – mean, we put a lot of work into it, so it was kind of like the payoff. Okay, we get to go. It's a walkthrough on Thanksgiving Day. We're going to have the ones versus scouts. We're going to beat up on some freshmen, some sophomores. We're going to go eat some food and, and relax, try and not think about the hell that we have in this playoff game coming up in two days. Those are those are the two things that stand out most when I think Thanksgiving and that time of year. No, look, if you're playing football this time of the year, if you're still playing high school, middle school, college, or not college, well, obviously college is still playing. Yeah, college. <laughs> like, like lower level, like lower level, you're still playing meaningful football. It's very, very thankful because, like I said, when you when you're practicing football, when you're still playing meaningful games, when when the, when the sun goes down at four p.m. <laughs> and you have to change your football field or change something about you where go to the baseball field, or, find, find the ba- find the baseball field, find find a coach that gets you uh freaking headlights from a damn construction area. Go do something like you gotta be thankful for that because I cannot tell you how many times I've played under practice under the lights and like i said it's fun playing under the lights but practicing under the lights is, is a little more fun because it's it means that it means that you, you're in the prime time of, of of football and you're you're playing very very meaningful football and that's the most important thing when you're when you're at that age so like i said don't take it for granted if you're playing football still i know jimmy and i miss it we both we don't miss the concussions but we but like i said i, I can't remember I the to, concussions uh, we don't either. I uh, me, me either, buddy. So, um, but yeah, if you're still playing football this time of year, you enjoy every second of it because it's it's the best time. That is my my family is branded football built into our DNA. So as much as it's oh holidays or spend time with your family, my whole family loves watching football on Thanksgiving. It's not just my immediate household. We go, we're hosting it this year. But when we go to the other people's houses, that's the first thing that's turned on. We have the parade on every now and then, and I, a couple of us. Like before the first game starts, they have the the dog show on or like in between everybody's eating and then my grandma's off and she's able to watch the parade. But it is like everybody in my family loves watching football on, on Thanksgiving. It's just what we do. College football, high school football, NFL. Uh, what food? What is the best food for Thanksgiving and what food are you most looking forward to? The best food, oh, yeah. in my opinion, is is chicken noodle soup. The, the Ooh, nice homemade, and it's also underrated. I'm answering my question both very questions. At once. We're making very, very we made underrated. homemade noodles, Nick. We made homemade noodles, and we're getting homemade chicken noodle soup for Thanksgiving. That's what we kick off our meal with. That is very very underrated. That, that chicken noodle soup like that, that that does hit early in the morning too when you're just getting warmed up, ready to roll. Like like juices are flowing, you're about to uh, uh, chow down on on some on some grub, and you're like, you know, let me warm it up a little bit, get the juices flowing, get ready. For, for the first game of football and, and, and throwing chicken noodle soup. I like that a lot. Um, underrated. I, I have a couple underrated ones because they're not main. They're not the main pieces. I love – I said this the last couple of years. I love sweet potato casserole with, with some marshmallows on top, a little sweet dish. I love that. Love, love, love. Um, my, my, my aunt my uncle's side of the family, that we make these pumpkin cookies. And it's chocolate chip pumpkin, like thick cookies that just – oh every damn year that is that is the dessert every it, it's so good but i love a dark meat turkey with 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 gravy with a little mashed potatoes in it like one bite scoop scoop the chi- scoop the turkey scoop the scoop the uh, uh uh the the mashed potatoes and get the gravy in there and and it's 
it is it is a bite that you love every that, that you just crave every single year, and that that, that is the craving bite for me. We're teaching you how to eat on this show. We yeah, knew yeah. you know that we know how to eat. Fullback, offensive lineman. We've mentioned it a couple of times. Yeah, we're we're teaching you how to eat. <laughs> Excuse me. When, when we were making the noodles, we had to like be equal about it because I don't know how you'd feel about this, but we have a debate running through our family with the chicken noodle soup. Is it better for the noodles to be clumped, or is it better better for the noodles to be singular? Some of us. 50% of us like them clumped, and those that like them clumped will die on the hill that clumped is better. But then there's those that like each individual noodle and like to savor the taste. So I I don't know where you would fall in that argument, but when we were making the noodles, that was a big point of contention. My mom was like, we have to go 50-50 because it, it needs to be equally represented. That, that's a good point. I Look, I think it depends on the noodle for me. If it's I, I Look, I love the, the, the Jewish jelly. It's like the little – we're making homemade spaghetti noodles. Thin The thin noodles has to be together. Like I cannot just eat three little thin little noodles on one little spoonful. That has to be together. If it's thicker noodles, then I'm good with the singular by itself more thing. Um, if it, like I said, it really just depends. Like the Jewish deli over here makes the chicken noodle soup with just tiny, thin, thin, thin noodles and just a ton of it. And, and chicken and everything, it's just the, the perfect chicken noodle soup. That I think when it's clumped up and smaller noodles, that's the way to go. Bigger noodles, I think it just depends on what you're looking at. All right. <clears throat> then uh, you already answered, so you're picking family game time. It, I, I don't know. We never really like, – A nap, set up. A nap does hit. A nap does hit. I was going to say, we never set up hit. like the family's going to take a nap, but there are certain years where everybody's sitting on the couch and we all wake up at 6.30 be like, um, it's time for is there leftovers? Is there leftovers? Is the last game started yet, or are we still in the second game? I've totally lost. It's dark outside. I've lost track of myself. What's going on? There's definitely years that we've ended up like that on the couch. But I do. I enjoyed. This is like one of the first because we do this for Christmas. We do it for Thanksgiving. But we used to play heads up, but now it's like Cards Against Humanity or whatever the meme game is, something like that, where it's like a little bit on the edge because it's fun. This is like a time where people let loose and. Now we're all getting old enough to the point where we can kind of show our full pro- personalities and not be just kids I'm, anymore. I'm, I'm glad your family has fun playing game nights. My my family will just we'll never get there. I, I just we we won't. I, it's just not going to happen. It's 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 going to be. There's nothing turn fun about it. It's just a fight. It's just a, a two and a half hour brawl. No, it's the fun part about it is spending time with your family. The not fun part about it is playing the actual game. That's let, let that's let's make it very very clear because I enjoy playing uh, uh, board games, card games with family, no matter what it is. But my family is not the type of family that's going to play card against cards against humanity because we're all going to try to find ways of winning. And when we don't know how to win, everyone's like, "Well, this is kind of dumb," and we move on to another game. <laughs> that that that's where my family's at competitive wise. Unfortunately, I love playing funny or whatever joke around games with friends and everything. But when it comes to family game, it's 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 fucking it's all different. war. Yeah. It's different. We uh. We like trivia, and that's where I come in handy oh, now as the social studies te- as the social studies teacher because I just I randomly I know a lot, and I've been reading a lot of books this year, so I'm well versed. All my teachers on the team that I'm I'm currently working with, they ask me. I've, I've been asked to psychoanalyze some of the kids because I read a criminal profiling book, and they're like, "What's this behavior psychologically? What do you see out of this?" I'm like, "I'm not trained to do this, but if I was going to be, if I'm going to give you the direct answer and the correlation, it's." 
it's a personality disorder. That's what what we're, what we're talking about. That's what you have here. So I love the trivia. Um, and it's fun. We I found one game this year where it's like different generations of trivia. And you have to you start off on a specific one and you have to get all around all four before you actually win. That one was uh, it like evens the playing field because I feel like trivia games are hard because you either get the old school well, 1942, what happened? Or it, it's like something that uh, boomers never even heard of, but you get kind of a mixture in the game. I don't know what it's called, but they don't sponsor us. So I'm not mad at not giving them a shout out. Yeah, no, I, it really, really just, like, I love, I love trivia. I really do. I, I watched trivia YouTube videos. I, 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 I cannot. Charades? I could see your family slapping some charades. Oh my God. Uh, what was that game? Um, draw? It, what was the, what was the. Oh, Pictionary. Pictionary. God, my family played Pictionary all the time. And I think we lost that game um, or maybe it was thrown out because of. of, of <laughs> Probably just, just thrown out. Of each other. So, but yeah, I, Pictionary was a game that, that, that if, if you didn't get it right away, you're like, why the fuck did you not get it? Just getting yeah mad at each other. Like you could have done this better. You could have done that better. Just critiquing how we're playing the game more than actually playing the game. But are yeah, you trying to win or are you trying to actively lose? What are we doing here? Because if you're actively losing, I don't want you on my team anymore. It was, it was the first question. What are you talking about? I'm not, I'm not going to point names, but there's some people that married into this family that are more competitive than my own my own family, which is which is even crazier to, to think about it. But yeah, I there's 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 some individuals you don't want to cross. I'm interested. I think we should set up. We should have a little portion of the of the Bryant family game night. That that should be a part of our content. That's obviously not going to happen, but it'd be interesting to we we can make a skit about that maybe at some point. Um, let's go last thing for Thanksgiving specifically. I feel like it's a good time to mention it. Uh, what are, what are we thankful for? So if we think about it this year, obviously we have a lot to be thankful for. We talked about, uh, we basically mentioned it every week with the listeners of the show and the people that are, are trying to, you know, help us out, but what are, it's, it's nice to take a moment. So you have something that, that you can think of that you're obviously the, the obvious ones, but what are, what are we, what are you thankful for this year? Uh, well, I'm very, very thankful that my family is, is very healthy and, and, and they're all, and like I said, everyone is doing good things in their own way. <laughs> having a new nephew, uh, my little brother going to uh, grad school here in a little bit, my older brother just living his life and, and, Hawaii and my dad, my dad settling some stupid, stupidly massive cases against the NFL every other month. And, and my mom just giving me free flights. I'm just kidding, mom. That's not the only thing I'm thankful for, but, but yes, I, I, there's, there's a lot of great things that going on in my life. And like I said, I'm thankful, thankful that that I've been able to uh, be a part of, uh, be a part of this every single year and, and, and be, and every single week, look forward to, to hosting a show and talking about, championship teams um for two straight years and 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 have uh have that ability to look football may not be the hottest topic in our lives right now but but we've been able to be able to get through some bad seasons and get through talking about good things and not just all the bad times so i'm very very thankful for good things on the horizon and continuing um continued success um on the mic and off the mic so I'm going to piggyback off that one specifically. I'm thankful that our teams were really bad when our podcast was really bad. We were trying to figure our shit out. It was at least that was when we had the worst teams to talk about. And it hasn't been once we've kind of figured out our, our stick, because I feel like the show just keeps getting better and better. And I'm thankful that we're uh, it's tough sometimes when you're trying to work with a friend, because it's, 
you want to be the friendly, but it's, we have stuff that we need to get accomplished and, and we have things that we like done a certain way. So we have to, you know, it's a give and take. We, we make the joke we're married, but it is a little bit of a relationship. We have to give and take. Yeah. We, we can't just be my show and it's not just Nico's show. It's our show it's and our it's the bench show, yeah. show. So we, everybody we, has a, a hand to play in it. We argue with each other like a married couple. It feels like at times we've been friends since we were 12. Yeah, since we yeah. since we were in the classrooms that I'm teaching it currently, that was that that was the age that we were at when we first met, and we were actually a year younger. But that's how long it's been that I've known you. That's, yeah, that's a little know, insane to think about. I know it is. It is. It is crazy. Obviously, thankful for my family. My siblings just continue like they outdo me, which is awesome because that's what I wanted. I'm just a teacher, but now Dom's math teacher finishing up his master's degree. Roxy's getting an MBA and was just in, a, in Idaho on an in-person interview for a possible position out there. Um, and she's obviously now taking over the CSU Pueblo equipment room and, and had a great season with them. Uh, my parents are they're figuring out how to live without all of us here. It's fun because Dom and I are still obviously live at the house, so it's not like we're gone, but they're like, it's interesting because when we were young, everything revolved around all of us. And now there's nights where my parent, we come home and my parents are like, Oh, we're going to dinner. Uh, okay. I, I guess I'll figure out. I I wish I had the money to go out. I wish I go, went out to dinner all the time. A kind of reversal of roles, but it's been fun. The last few years, obviously coming out of the pandemic, it, it could have been a lot worse. And I feel like we've all just kind of found, um, what we need to do. And I'm grateful that I've, I'm becoming a teacher and, and I have great people that I work with there, obviously. And the kids, even as much as I needed a, a week off from them, because they were, <clears throat> Oh my God, I had my shoes on the wrong feet all day. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. Pants on You're backwards. just now realizing that. Oh my goodness. But I, yeah. I am thankful that they, they keep me on my toes. They make sure that I'm still alive. There's some days where I was working from home at you know collections and being like, Am I actually still is this the same day just repeated or am I doing something different? And it's fun now. So let's get into rivalry weekend. It is uh the big it's one of the most fun weekends to me. Um kicks off with the egg bowl, which over the past couple of years has been fairly entertaining, but there's obviously the biggest rivalry. In college football, northern college football, I guess, if we want to segregate it out that far. But we all know what we're talking about, and it's going to be the topic of conversation. It's going to be where we start off with Michigan, Ohio State, simply known as the game. It's taking place in Ann Arbor this year. Ohio State brings the number two overall ranking into the matchup. Michigan brings number three. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh still not able to be on the sidelines. He was ended up being suspended for three games, so he will be able to be back for – um the playoff if they're able to get there but they do have to overcome this game let's kind of just look back at at go ahead this history of this game and like i said the last two years michigan winning both games is is wild it's obviously ryan day hasn't beat michigan they haven't beat that team up north um since he stepped since he stepped in for urban meyer um this is a big big game for him this is the game for him and we, we we joked about when they beat Notre Dame about him going on on uh, on TV and calling out Lou Holtz and and doing this that or the other thing. But pressure is on. The pressure is absolutely on. And, and look, I hate 
and I hate being the one to say this, Ohio State fans, this is a tough bill to swallow, but if Ryan Day can't beat Michigan without Jim Harbaugh on the sideline, it may be time to look for another coach. I'm serious. And look, and that, that's the hard-nosed reality of college football. He is a damn good coach. Ohio State program is damn good every single year. And they've beat some very, very good teams this year very, very handedly. But it doesn't matter if you can't beat one team. And that's the, that, that's the difference between college football and the NFL. NFL, a guy like Ryan Day and his record, he's one of the best coaches in college football. But since he hasn't been able to win the Big Ten championship, hasn't been able to beat Michigan, hasn't been able to get uh, himself into the Final Four, it's, it's, it's a stain on his legacy. And that's because of the excess Ohio State um, thinks of and then that thinks of themselves. And if you're a Michigan team and you can go in and spoil Ohio State again at home, man, that's nothing sweeter. It is nothing sweeter. And look, there is no one that that pushed harder against Ohio, Michigan State getting or Mich- sorry, Mich- Michigan getting penalties than Ohio State. There's no one in the Big Ten that pushed harder for Harbaugh to be out this game. There's no one in, in, in the Big Ten that pushed harder for, for Michigan to be stripped of games or whatever because of the sign-stealing thing than Ohio State. That's just how rivalries work. It's just how rivalries work. So it is going to take um, it is going to take everybody on both sidelines to just try to wash away everything about this game and beat that other team. I went to Ohio State campus this past summer and saw their locker room, saw the ticket that they had. It is wild that we're finally here to the point where they get to play them again for the first time in over a calendar year. But man, I think they're set up they pretty good to. They need this. They are very. I think they're, they're set up as. This is the best shot that they've had in the last three years because that's – I think we, we can go back to three years is when Michigan won the first game where they're on the same level and they've continued to be on the same level, but Michigan's taken just that little bit further. Maybe it's Ryan Day. Maybe it's the offensive line because they have won the Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line unit for the past two seasons. This year, Michigan comes in with some injuries on the offensive line. They didn't play great. Like Maryland did give them the scare that everybody expected. Now – Everybody expected it because of where it falls in the schedule. It was after the Penn State game, right before the Ohio State game, which is technically the Big Ten Conference Championship because whoever comes out of the Big Ten West can't score a touchdown. And you're going to dominate whoever whoever comes out of that. So Michigan needs to – they're going to have to rely on what's good. Here's the thing, though, is Ohio State's defense has been trying to build itself to the point where they can stop Michigan's running game for the past two seasons. So if they're able to do that, they've – been able to let Kyle McCord, he struggled, but he's won the games that they needed to win. That Notre Dame game was a huge moment for him. He beat Penn State. They've handled everybody up until this point, and last week they dominated. They should have – they needed to dominate who they played. I think it was either Michigan State or or Northwestern. I, I don't remember specifically. This is the year that the Buckeyes will be able to take that, take on that next level. This is where they even up the rivalry. This is where they beat Michigan and send Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL because that's what everybody's predicting now that the the sanctions have come down and he's not going to be on the sidelines. But then I don't know because then there's always going to be, well, you beat Michigan, but it was without Harbaugh because you know college football fans love to do that. Even fan bases as fanatical as Ohio State will look for everything they can. Okay, you beat Harbaugh, but if you don't win the national championship, it's a waste. Really? Why do we keep having to move the goalposts? Because he could have won a national championship the year before without beating Harbaugh. You guys were just pissed off about it because they lost on a field goal to Georgia. That's literally the only difference right now. So let's calm down. Let's pump the brakes. You have the number one receiver in the country. You have a really good running back now. 
your offensive line is healthier than Michigan and it's playing at the best level that it ever has been. If you are an Ohio State fan and I'm going to be spending Thanksgiving with with a very big one, my uncle has had family members that were teachers there and have gone there. This is this is it. You better take advantage. If you don't take advantage this weekend, you're it's going to be like five years before Michigan loses to Ohio State. We're going to see the complete opposite of where the rivalry was at the beginning of the 2010s when Urban Meyer was just dominating and could basically roll out of bed and slap Michigan around at Ohio State. So that one kicks off 10 a.m. It'll be the big noon game on Fox on Saturday, Mountain Standard Time. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? The We have uh, Iron Bowl I'm not that excited about. Oregon, Oregon State. That is this weekend with uh, the Pac-12. That, that, is a, that is a massive game. Because I don't that know has a lot of implications for teams below them and what we're going to get into after we talk about um, the matchup specifically. I just had it up here. Let's. Uh, and then Washington, Washington State is the other game because Washington State just came in and absolutely cooked, cooked uh, um, CU. They, they whooped their asses. And, and that's a game where Washington State coming off a massive game, Washington State can play spoiler. Play spoiler. Washington can be that fourth team very, very easily, very easily, and they probably will be a top four team when when the, when the poll comes out. But man, if Washington, if they think they're gonna roll over Washington State, man, they got nothing coming. There's, there, that's a very, very good ball club that wants to beat them like nothing else. I agree. We're gonna get into. <clears throat> let's just look over at the rankings here, and I don't know why ESPN doesn't allow me to pull up the CFP rankings, so I'm gonna have to Google it, but. Because that's where the Oregon Oregon State game and the Washington Washington State game really comes into effect is when we're looking at rankings. Because if Oregon State can do the unthinkable and get the fourteen point upset um, this weekend, that is a massive momentum shift for the teams below. So let's see: Georgia right now number one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, Washington four, Florida State five. Oregon at six. Oregon right now is the best of the non-undefeateds as as according to College Football Playoff Committee. Then you have Texas at seven, Alabama at eight, Missouri at nine, and then Louisville at 10. I would say you have Louisville, you have Alabama, you have Texas, all hoping that Oregon State pulls off that upset this weekend against the Ducks. Now, is it likely to happen? No. Dan Lanning's had these guys ready to go every step of the season since the CU game where he used the national magnitude of what was happening in Boulder to bolster his program. And then Bo Nix last week, uh, he just continues to break all time records. And it makes sense because he's been playing college quarterback for as long as anybody can remember, but he is, he's number one quarterback in the country right now, him, Michael Penix, number one and two for the Heisman and whoever wins that PAC 12 rematch that it seems like we're on track for is going to win that trophy this year. Who do you think out of out of those rankings? Who do you think benefits the most from Oregon State pulling off that upset? Who I think benefits the most? I Texas, Alabama, or I'm I'm gonna go the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, because I think that opens a fast track to them. I think I think if you lose if you lose this game, yeah, it's gonna be tough. Um, But then the conversation comes up: is do you take a Ohio State slash Michigan team that look look? I'll just keep it a buck. Ohio State, Michigan, the loser of that has a better chance of making the cultural playoff than Alabama, unless Alabama wins the SEC championship. 
I will stand on that. If Alabama and wins then you're gonna get Georgia as the fourth team in, so then then Georgia, then that fucks up everything. Obviously, if Georgia, look if Alabama wins the SEC championship, they'll be in the Final Four. That's that's their path. That's what they're telling themselves right now is that all you have to do is beat Georgia and you're in. And 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 why would you not believe it, right? SEC has been the, one of the strongest conferences all around. Um, the team that that's hurting the most from this, and I think the team that look all honestly they deserve to be there. Because of who they, because of their record, but they won't be there because of what just happened this past weekend is Florida State. Jordan Travis, look, we, we can have a conversation about the hip tackle and everything that happened. Heck, it took it, it affected your game last Thursday night um, with Mark it Andrews going down. It needs to be taken out. It, it's and whether you, whether you agree or not, it needs to be taken out or not. The injuries are affecting the games. The injuries are affecting it's, big time it's players. Massive injuries that his leg snapped all the way in half. I didn't like, see the injury initially, and then I watched that highlight that ended up on on Twitter, and you see it, it's you're throwing all of your body weight and a little bit of his body weight all on one point, and you just see that point in Jordan Travis's shin bone just snap it, right there. It's just, and, and, and look, Jordan Travis is a guy that stuck around for three, four years, do some bad Florida State teams. Him oh, and Norvell, he was working for it, being a chance, having a chance at standing up on that podium and and, and be and not not necessarily winning, probably not winning the Heisman, but at least being there for the ceremony. Like I had a real thing. I I, I really believe that if they won out um, and he played every single game, that he would have been standing there. But right now, like Florida State has a very good chance of winning out and still being overlooked. Because look, be honest with ourselves, without Jordan Travis, Florida State's not winning a bowl game. They Especially were iffy yeah. with him. They They're were iffy, iffy with, with him. him because they've been struggling. Like they struggled against Clemson, who is not the Clemson we thought they were. They struggled against some other teams that they probably should have just put away. So they were already on the outside looking in, and and losing the one star that you did have is now. Well, I will take Wait. that back because Ke- Keon Coleman, Coleman may be good enough at receiver to keep this team somewhat relevant. I think maybe it's still New Year's Six. But I do agree with you that now without a starting like, quarterback like that, it's like UCF. If UCF that year that uh, Dylan Gabriel – or no, it was Mackenzie well, Milton. Mackenzie Milton got, didn't get hurt that season. Then I think UCF has more of an opportunity. They finish undefeated. They go on. They play in a big New Year's Six Bowl. Well, when Mackenzie Milton got hurt, they got dropped all the way down to like the Boca Raton Bowl. So they do look at that. This is going Absolutely. to be a conversation the committee has, and unless – Florida State looks really good this weekend against Florida with their backup. I don't know what what the committee is going to be looking at. For yeah, Florida, Florida, State. Florida State has to put on a damn show. They have to put they have to put up 30, 40 points in this final game of the week, uh, the, this upcoming weekend, and they have to put on a show in the ACC title game. Because if they don't, if the, if the game's close at all, like they're going to be overlooked. Like like plain and simple. That's the sad part about it. Because with Jordan Travis, that team's a playoff team. If they went out. Like seriously, like, like that—that's the sad part about it. They, George Thomas is playing. That team's a playoff team winning out. Absolutely, I will stand on that. And look, I, this is a, and look because I think the Pac-12 will have a person. We'll have one team in there. I guarantee it. I think if I think Ohio, I think Ohio State, Michigan winner of that slash the Big Ten championship will have will will be in the mix there. And obviously, the SEC will have one team. That's all I want. No way, Pac-12 gets two. I, I what, think what if I, it's Oregon, Washington in the Pac-12 championship, and then Oregon? I thought they were on the Avengers same side. Of, I, I thought those two teams were on the same side. I may be wrong of the Pac-12. I, they took away their divisions. They did get rid oh, of their divisions, so it's right. going to be just that's the right. top two. So it's going to be Washington, Oregon in a rematch, and say Oregon, Oregon takes wins, them back and wins. It, they'd be top four at that point as a conference champion. Is 
Then you get another one loss non-conference champion, but Washington's been dominating everybody all season. Look, I think it's it, the worst. The worst case scenario for them is Alabama knocking on the door. I think that that yeah. that that's the thing that just fucks everything up. Because I don't think look Texas winning the Big Twelve championship. I don't think it will mean anything. So let's keep it a buck with ourselves here. They've lost too many games. Like they're like I think they're going to need absolute chaos. They need Iowa to win the Big Ten championship uh, two weeks. That's what they need. They need um, Alabama to lose to Auburn. They need Florida State to lose this upcoming week. They need chaos to get to, to squeak their way in um, above these other teams. But yeah, I I don't know. I I I. Unfortunately, I'm going to say no just because of Alabama is, is sniffing right there. And what did Nick Saban say last year, right? He said Alabama goes into the college football playoff. They're favored to win every single game, plain and simple. And look, Jill Milrow is not anywhere near Bryce Young in terms of college football standings. But the playoff the committee does look at what could be a good game. TCU and, versus Michigan. And it's a hell of a game last year because and, and they because that's why they squeaked in there, right? That's Look at the trajectory of the team, too. They've just gotten better since they lost. Yeah. The one thing that they is going to haunt them, and if they end up with the same record, it will haunt them because they had to take the head-to-head win. But Texas beating Bama in Tuscaloosa earlier this year could be their Achilles heel. That's if Going back to my Greek mythology, that's the little tap of the heel, and that could be where Saban's castle comes crumbling down. But if Texas drops one of these games, which Texas is likely to do, by the way, shout out Texas because as a program, I think this is the first time they've gotten to 10 wins since like 2005, was, 2006, yeah, something like that. Um, so Sarkeesian's doing good things, and Quinn Ewers is a good quarterback. They just kind of got unlucky with their injuries and uh, let Dylan Gabriel I – mean, don't play prevent. Especially, here's the thing, if <clears throat> you've got to watch college football because you don't go prevent in the Red River shootout. If you go prevent the Red River shootout, you will give up a touchdown 110% of the time, and you will lose that game, and you will have nobody to blame but yourself. So as much as I'd like to say Texas, it'd be cool to have Texas in as the, in, one of the, in the last year of the 14 playoff, but all this is doing is getting me excited for the 12-team playoff, which is we're going to have next week. So I guess for the last time before we actually get into conference championships, let's play the game one more time, Nico. So Georgia – in this case, we're just going based on where they're ranked at right uh, now. Ohio State, four. Michigan, Washington yeah, all get buys. Buys, yep. So they would all be looking to see who wins uh, the first weekend matchups. Then you'd have number five, Florida State, as the best, highest seed that has a game. They would be hosting Ole Miss. Uh, well, Ole Miss I mean, right Ole now. Ole Miss would be very, very frisky. I think Ole Miss could you know? give them a very good run for that money. I think Ole Miss might just beat them, especially now not yeah, having a quarterback for, yeah. for Florida State. So that is already where the chaos lies. Oregon would be hosting number 11, Penn State. I think Oregon would finally prove once and for all, hey, I know that we're on the West Coast. They're going to beat James Franklin's face in. I think that they would run circles around them so fast that Penn State would be like, "How? it's Chris Tucker in rush hour. Which one of y'all kicking? Just, I will, look, I, I think Oregon would be a team that would be a very, very sleeper for a national championship team, championship team. Like They're that good. I'm serious. And it's unfortunate that their one loss could come to Washington, and that could blow everything up. Look, I'm a firm believer that Washington and Oregon could, could fucking run the table because they've played, like it or not, the Pac-12 has give, given each team very, very good competition all oh, yeah. season. 
They're not playing the Sisters of the Poor over there and, and fucking Vanderbilt and Kentucky this year, like Georgia did, like, 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 like Alabama has, okay? They've gone through an absolute hellhole of the, of the damn schedule, and Oregon, Washington, in this 12-team playoff, could make a deep run. If they, if one of these teams, I, I think there's a very good chance one of those two teams will win a playoff game. I, I think Georgia has not played good enough competition. I think when they have played good enough competition, they've they've struggled mightily. Um, having having a quarterback that's not ready for the big time stage, we'll see, we'll see. But I, look, Washington and Oregon, and I would love nothing more. I would love nothing more than a Pac-12 championship, um, a champion in the last year of of relevancy, uh, relevancy in, in in today's age of college football. So, could be interesting. So that's those are just the first two matchups. Then we'd have Texas hosting number 10, Louisville. I've talked about Louisville. I think the night that I talked about them, they actually ended up losing, but they are still a damn good football team, possibly going to be ACC champion. They're going to run into Florida State. And now without Jordan Travis, that gives them a hell of a lot better chance to win their conference. So Louisville, even though they're on the outside right now, could possibly, if chaos ensues and everybody loses, um, things could get weird and, and Louisville would benefit from that weirdness. And then you'd have Alabama hosting Missouri. So uh, it would be for the second time this season. Missouri is an interesting school because they've looked good, but then they've also barely beaten some teams. But then they've also kicked the shit out of teams like Tennessee. So it's just like very – it's like fighting some guy from the backwoods or the booties. You never know what you're really going to find when he walks out of the woods. He may have an ax one week. He may just have a rubber boot the next week, and you're going to be able to take him down. This is is why more teams equals more chaos, and it's just going to equal more fun because you you now have to worry about 18 to 24-year-olds not just having the 12-week season and then one game. You have to now put multiple games together in a postseason. That's the one area where Division I college football was lacking, where you didn't have to go on this massive – I mean, your your season was basically a postseason, but now – not only do you have to win enough games to be in your conference championship for the regular season, you have to win multiple games on your way to winning a national championship. This is the way it should be. This is the way it should have been for a long time. And now we're able to do it. And next year, first year for 12 team, I think everybody's going to enjoy it. All the things that have changed about college football have made it better so far. So that's where we stand today with the current rankings real quickly, just to finish up the ones that we haven't talked about. Uh, Oklahoma 13, LSU 14, Arizona, shout out to Arizona because they were dead in the water and they've come back, I think, five straight games so far in a row. Arizona's eight and three. They're 15th in the country. Oregon State 16, Iowa 17, Kansas State 18, Notre Dame 19, Oklahoma State 20, Tulane 21, NC State 22, Tennessee 23, Clemson 24, and Liberty, oh, undefeated Liberty, top 25. Look at that. For Liberty. I, I look I, I cannot wait for this Big Ten championship. I, yeah. I I don't know if you've been watching the, the 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 betting lines and everything. Iowa has had the lowest amount of points ever that like ever recorded in, in betting history. Like like we're looking at under 27 and a half, Jimmy. Like under 23, like under I hit a Iowa bet that was under 23 and a half live bet. Like I I, I Iowa is, is what playing some hideous football, but they're winning somehow, and they'll be they walked right into the Big Ten championship because their side of the conference is absolutely terrible. So should be interesting when they face either Michigan or Ohio State. I'm I'm excited to see if that defense can hold up. And man, I 
that offense is not going to play. How much better off would the Big Ten be without divisions, where it would be like it would be either a rematch of Ohio State, Michigan, you'd get it two weeks in a row, or you'd get Ohio State, Penn Penn State, State or or Michigan, Penn State back to back, like where you'd have to beat the the really good schools twice in a season instead of just once. Well, I mean, it would benefit Penn State because James Franklin can't win shit anyway. uh, Otherwise, but we can't. And and look, they they very well they might very well might because with USC and UCLA coming over, like like that that may turn into something like that unless you just make it a West Coast of the conference and that's how it ends up being. I don't know. All the best conferences right now have gotten rid of their – and it's benefited everybody because if we had a division for the Pac-12 this year, the South would be a fucking joke. Utah would win the South with four losses. That's how shitty this the Pac-12 South was this year. So uh, it's it better for everybody. Um, and Monday Night Football just started as we're recording this. We're recording this early, by the way, because we're trying to be punctual and, and give ourselves time to actually enjoy uh, the holiday week. We're moving right along now. College football, it, it's coming up. Rivalry weekend's always fun. Let's look at some hockey. We didn't talk about the NHL last weekend because we spent more time on college basketball and the NBA. But hockey, um, I listen to Chicklets. I know you listen to Chicklets. Every hockey pundit that you're able to find from here to Saskatoon tells you that the NHL season begins on American Thanksgiving. That's where teams have moved themselves to where they're probably going to be for the rest of the season. We've already seen coaches, GMs, everybody's had it. It's been quietly a very entertaining and, and like drama field season for the NHL so far. Uh, our team is, is not left out of that because the avalanche have been really good, really bad, really good, really bad. Um, <clears throat> let's just go around. Let's look at the, the different divisions where different teams stand and we'll kind of do a pretender contender segment on the fly for these NHL standings. But if you want to start in the East or the West, you want to start with the, we'll start you want the East because the West is all over the place. Yeah, the West is, is very either you're it's either a beer league team or it's the best team in hockey is, is what you're getting out of the West. So we're starting over in the Eastern Conference and the Atlantic is where everybody normally likes to start there. Um, so far, Boston and Ottawa played the least amount of games. New York also pretty much everybody's at 20. Boston um, currently with 28 points, five ahead of Florida, who brings up second Toronto, Tampa are the top four in the Atlantic. Then you have Detroit kind of right on the outside. Buffalo struggling, and Tage Thompson now is going to be out for an extended period of time. Ottawa and Montreal are just absolute mysteries because, I mean, you you said Ottawa is probably going to be better. They started off really, you know, kind of hot out of the gates. They have the tools. They have the players. Um, but they just can never seem to, like, put that next, next foot in front of the other. Yeah, they, they just trip play. over themselves every single time they try and start. Uh, what are what's surprising to you about the Atlantic so far? Boston is the biggest surprise to me. You lose your top two centers in one offseason, and all of a sudden they're not. I wouldn't say better, but they're as good as 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 a start. Only one regular or regulation loss. It's crazy, right? Only one regulation loss through 15, 16 games. It's crazy, 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 crazy. Um, especially when you lose that type of firepower. So. Allmark and, and Swayman back now have been the best one-two punch in football – or, sorry, football, hockey. The best one-two punch in hockey and, and goal, and they still will continue to be, it looks like. So, they rely heavily on the defense of McAvoy and company. Um, Boston's a big surprise for me. I, I, I'm, I'm very – look, I expected them to be decent, still make the playoffs, but I not expect to be this good this early in the season with everything we lost. 
Seven, one, and two in their last 10. They have a plus 24 goal differential. So they've not lost a single beat after losing a guy like Patrice Bergeron. And you lost your captain uh, in five years, both of them, within five years. Chara is gone. Patrice Bergeron is gone. And now Marchand is is there, but he's hurt. He hasn't been playing as consistently in the lineup, but they're just – uh, they have a system. Look, turns out it wasn't the players. It was the system and their system has continued to work. So they continue to lead that division. I'm a little surprised that at Florida, I thought it would take them longer just because the they were worn down. Like we mentioned it, if they had to play an extra series, if they decided, okay, those first six games don't count of the Stanley cup final Vegas would have been fine. Vegas had more depth. They had nobody on the injury report. Florida was being held by bubblegum and, and duct tape and they've been able to turn themselves around and um they're still missing guys uh, they're doing this without their best defensemen their top two defensemen are out and they're still right there at number two i think it, it's going to be funny because we're going to see the same playoff teams out of the atlantic but when we get to the playoffs i think this is a year that where we can maybe see some different teams moving forward i'm i'm uh, interested to see what toronto or is, yes I, can we get toronto? past round two there's more than one lead. round in the playoffs. You have to get past know, one guys, and two. Throw the parade. Hey, Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves is the guy who doesn't fight the actual fires in the league. Uh, is on their team, Jimmy. But he's ready to bring Toronto back to the promised land. We'll see. One, two, three, the number four. Yeah, you have to get four, to four playoff now. series. Four playoff they, series equals the Stanley Cup. That may be too high of a number for all those suits in Toronto to count to, though, Jimmy. Because all those all the people that have accountants that do all of it for them. This is true. Uh, moving over to the Metro. Metropolitan Division, the New York Rangers currently leading at 25 points. Philadelphia uh, playing I, hard under Torts. That was the most surprising thing. Most, we, can, we can just point right to there. I did not know they've yeah. won five in a row. So good for Philly, I five guess. Five in a row, six and four in their last ten. And they've only had – well, I mean, they're ten and seven on the season, so it's not like they're world beaters, but they're just yeah. – they're just playing hard. That's the definition of grit where you know that you're not talented, very talented. Let's see. Uh, Cause Boston's goal I mean, differential is plus 20. Their goal differential is plus eight. So they're still outscoring people, but it's not, they're just barely getting by teams. They're just sneaking up, keeping it close, making it ugly. Like a boxer that likes to go into the corner, like a Mickey Ward, like body, 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 body for as long as the game, as long as you can stand it. And then one or two times, I'm going to go up to the head. And if I catch you, that's going to be a knockout blow, or I'm going to get you into overtime. And to be fair, there, there's there's a two game difference between the second to last in this division and second place. Like like mm-hmm. the, the four point the Islanders are four points out of the Flyers. It's literally a two game swing. Like it's that's nothing. So I I look I, I if we if we're sitting here talking about the Flyers top four in the Metropolitan Division come February, then we can start having a conversation like this team is going to be something. I'm not I'm pumping the brakes still. That's a very very surprising. It's very early. I think the team that that still surprises me. That's because of the injuries. It's the Devils. I'm just very very. I was expecting the Devils to run away with this division. If I'm being honest with you, because I thought they were that good um, offensively and and getting back defensively, but not having I, Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer has been killer. It's good. It's hurting them badly. It's hurting them badly. And that's the good thing about this division, though, is is there's that much of a difference between second to last and second place. So, so there, there's a lot of room to they're, – they're not digging themselves into a hole far enough where you're like, oh, fuck, time to panic. No, not yet. It's fine. You just have to get victories when you can. Um, and for whatever reason, the Flyers right now are figuring it out. 
Uh, Columbus is a sore spot, and, and I kind of want to talk about them because they brought in – they have Gaudreau. They've – they have the story Columbus now of being the, the eight seed and upsetting the one seed in the playoffs, but they're just, they're bad. And it, they were set up. For this. They have nobody to blame for this, but themselves, because how do you hire Mike Babcock and how do you let that whole story go down the way that it did? As soon as somebody started saying anything, there should have been a, a meeting. There should have been a firing. Okay. Look, we fucked up. We thought that this would work for as long as people would stop looking into it. And then he, as much as we thought he went on a redemption tour, he's actually still just the same asshole. So Columbus has been screwed from the start of the season and it's affecting the play on the ice. Is there anything, what what do they need to do? Is it total fire sale? Do they need to be relocated? Because that's been an idea that's been thrown around. What the hell can Columbus do to actually become somewhat competitive and, and not be just a make-a-wish team in this conference right now. Look, they have offensive talent, right? Gaudreau and Patrick Line were, were two guys that were making all-star appearances every year for a couple of years in a row there. They they cannot stop a soul. They don't have anybody that they can rely on net. They don't have anyone to stop a soul defensively coming down the wing. This, this Columbus team is going to be very bad for a very, very long time. They need to – like I said, Gaudreau's on a stupid deal. That's look, that that's a deal. If 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 you're John Gaudreau, you're like, why the fuck did I just do this? Like I, I, I like like you're getting paid. Congratulations. Should have gone to Philadelphia. You, you could have gone to Philly. You could have gone to somewhere else. That that you're like, you know what? I actually have a chance on the back end defensively to 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 be something. But there's there's nobody stopping a puck. There's nobody being able to stop anyone coming down the wing, and that's that's the biggest detriment to this Blue Jackets team. No one, and I mean no one, should be a minus nineteen through nineteen games. <laughs> I, I, I like at least like at least make it to a point where you're you're at minus ten or you're you're, you're hovering around oh. a decent point differential or goal differential. Minus nineteen through nineteen games. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I, when we get to the Western Conference, you're gonna laugh at the point that. We oh just my made. god! I just saw that too. <laughs> <laughs> when we get to that point, so I guess we could go to the Pacific because the Pacific does have the reigning defending Stanley Cup champions. I said that they were just borrowing it for a year, but after what they've done to the Avalanche, they kind of—it's the Timothy Chalamet, the the who's drip splash. No, no, you're just getting spanked by the Golden Knights. But that's where the Pacific is. The Pacific also has the worst team in hockey. It the might be one of the worst teams, teams that we've seen. The worst two in, teams in hockey. Yeah, I know, but Nico, San Jose has minus 47 goal differential. Edmonton I, I, has minus yeah. 14. God. And look, San Jose has a has has two less wins than the Oilers. They are it's, they are getting their ass kicked and then just shipping it in. <laughs> That's what they're doing. They're going down one goal, two goals, like yeah, oh, seven on the goalie. Road. They've allowed oh 73 God. goals. This may be the worst team in NHL history. I I I I don't like this. I don't think this team. Please made... take that take that moniker off of the Avalanche, please. How, how many wins? How many wins did the Avs have? Like that one I'm, year. I'm gonna it, look. 17? What was it? What was the year? Was it 20, 2017, it was, 18, or 2016, 17? I think it was 16, 17. It might have been 18. Right. 18. I don't know. Just look at the history of the records. This this team may be flirting with it. Is all I'm gonna say. Forty eight like, points on the season. The Avalanche were 22, 56, and four that year. So twenty two wins. Do you do we really think the San Jose Sharks are gonna get to twenty two wins? That's forty four points. I don't think they will. <laughs> They're gonna yeah, have to they have, only have seven right now. 
I, I like they, they had three games. They, they took this season starting at American Thanksgiving very literally. They're like, yeah. oh wait, this, the games that we've been playing have counted. Oh, oh no San, wonder San everybody was playing so hard against us. That I, makes I, more I, sense. I think. Uh, I think unless they like a miraculous tr- like surge of victories halfway through the year where they win like three or four in a row, I don't think they're going to pass it. I really don't. I. I don't know. I I think we're gonna get we're gonna luck out here, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll be able to move past not having the worst season in NHL history. San Jose minus forty seven. I mean, come on. I, I I didn't even see that while scrolling down the statistics, and then I look at it. I'm like, how the fuck is that possible? <laughs> Seventeen games too. That that is that is. Hold on. Let's do the math here. Thirty four divided by seventeen. That is nearly two and three quarters. Losing by two and a half goals a game, every single game. Two and a half, like giving, giving the other team two point seven six, two point seven six goals yeah, a game. Two and three quarters of goals a game they're losing by. Like not even, not even being in hockey games at this point. Like at we least a one chance, right? We like, roll out there like, down three. I've talked about Columbus being minus nineteen, but they're at least a minus one goal differential over game. <laughs> Right? Yeah. You're only having to get one goal back to make it even. No, you have to yeah, somebody oh, has to score a hat yeah. trick for San Jose to just even have a chance of making this a fair fight. Well, that's the bad thing too, is that there's they've had a couple of close games against the Avalanche, or they had a close game against the Avalanche where their goalie they beat just, Edmonton on the road. Yeah, I mean yeah, they did. Edmonton they didn't is beat Edmonton. Edmonton fired Woodcroft after a win, weirdly enough, after two straight wins. I, I don't know. Edmonton will always – Edmonton is the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL because they just Not never either. have they've, enough – they just don't have enough patience. To, no, I know. Well, no, Not they did. Not as much as they, – they, they did not win as yeah, much as the Cowboys did. As, as yes. much as the Cowboys did. Yeah, four, five, five Stanley Cups out of six years. I may be wrong then. I don't know. Maybe that's true, but they're they're not Canada's team. But but the that. five yes, well they're not Canada's team. But they were five Stanley Cups out of six years, and then since those were all back in the eighties. Since they've had nothing. The Cowboys won three Super Bowls in the nineties. Before then, I think they had two Super Bowls in the seventies. They they just don't have enough patience to sit around and actually let something work, or they don't have the. It's so dumb the way that they set up their roster. You pay they two players more than. Everybody else on your roster, and you wonder why you have garbage. And you can't even play them on the same line. Like, let's no. not forget. Like, you can't take advantage of the of the assets that you've worked so hard for. You can't even take advantage they, of it. They need look. If they have any hope in in, in keeping McDavid, they better they, they they better hope the they they better trade Drysaddle. I'll be honest here, because Drysaddle is is a free agent this summer. If they trade Drysaddle, they they need to go out and get. Good players in return, because if they go Kane. out there and try, uh, uh, Patrick Kane's wink, a free wink. agent. He's a free agent, so I know they wouldn't even have to do that. But I, I they need to trade him He's away, and get, get defensive help, and get get goaltending. Because my God, Campbell is, it was demoted to Triple A or whatever the hell minor league hockey is called, and then they have other goalies in their system that are just not producing at all. They need to go mm. take a swing and go ask. Let me find a team. They need to go ask uh, fucking Ottawa about Matt Murray. They need to go ask fucking uh, New York, the Islanders, if they keep sucking, go see what the price is on Sorokin. Just fucking try it. Because if the Islanders don't make the playoffs, Sorokin won't be very happy. And Sorokin would be great in Edmonton. 
they need to call about some of these bad teams and see if they can get goaltending because they, they, they cannot stop a puck to save their lives, plain and simple. And McDavid can only do so much, and he can only deal with it so much before he decides, ah, I think I'm done here because there's not very many people that say that sign up for living in, living in Edmonton. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. There's not many people that would sign up for that. The hockey and, team and the CFL team, and then that's about it. That's about it. So, so it, we'll see how long it takes. But the things keep going this way. Connor McDavid will be wearing a different uniform next in the next three years. I'll say. Last thing about the Pacific is the surprise of the Canucks. The, the Kings are not a surprise, but the Canucks have looked really, really good. Quinn Hughes, they did get a contract for him. He's he's kind of learning how to play up at this level, uh, like his older his other two brothers that he has already in the NHL. But the Canucks being where they are is is a little bit of a shock because it's a little soon. I know that they That's started their rebuild, well. but. Best they're is just, playing well. Clint Hughes is playing well. They're getting great, great play out of Demko and Nat, too. Demko has been they're plus 30 on the season, plus 30 goal differential, which means that your goaltender is not only stopping the goals that he should, but he's actually giving you a couple that uh, he other people wouldn't stop. So the Canucks are on a really good track. I don't know. Do you see any of those other teams giving Vegas a, a shot in the playoffs? Anybody knocking them out or, or having the ability to eliminate the defending champs? No, not from this division. Absolutely not from this division. I, I don't. Vancouver. Um, they'll be a fun story in the playoffs. I think they'll they'll surprise some people. They may win a round. Um, the Ducks. I don't believe in the Ducks. I don't. The Kraken have looked terrible I don't think this the year. The Ducks are going to make the playoffs. The Kraken might the not Ducks make will. the playoffs this year. The, King, the Kings are probably the second best team in this division at the end of the year. Um, if the, unless the Canucks can keep it up throughout the whole counter year. But yeah, no, I don't think any of these teams. I think I think if there's anybody that will contend with the Knights, it's going to be out of this Central Division. And, and look, yeah. this this talks to how weak Western Conference is again, right? How weak it is. It's weird that Western Conference has had the last two Stanley Cup champions, but it's it's those th- two slash three teams right now that that I are the only teams that I believe in. I, I if, if you if you if if you give me a bet that that a team outside of Dallas. Colorado and Vegas were gonna hold that we're gonna um, win the Western Conference in the playoffs. I'd say you're fucking high. I don't think I don't think it's gonna be anybody but those three teams. Plain and simple. I don't believe in Winnipeg. I don't believe in St. Louis. Arizona is playing better hockey than Minnesota right now. Uh, I don't believe in Vancouver. I, look, it's going to be one of those three teams, and I will. I, I I don't know what I can risk on it, but I would very put a lot of stake in one of those three teams. How, uh, being hosting the whatever Western Conference trophy it is, whatever the hell the name of that trophy is. So give me one of those three teams because I don't believe in anyone else. Yeah, that kind of brings us over to the Central where the Dallas Stars have a one-point lead for the division right now. Colorado's at two, so Stars have 23 points. They're 11-4-1. and They just have one extra overtime loss in the Avalanche who are 11-5. and The Avalanche are on hot and cold streaks this year. They had a stretch where they were not only losing, but every game that they lost, they got shut out in uh, a couple big time beatdowns, and, and it was really everything came to a head after that St. Louis game where you lose eight to two, and you have a coach like Jared Bednar coming out to the media and saying, "We had guys quit, we had guys that were not there that didn't hold up and play to our level of hockey." Like that's very difficult for a, an outspoken coach to be able to say, "Okay, this is the right time to come out and do this." For Jared Bednar to do that. It meant that the team is absolutely dog shit. And what he really wanted to say was, we fucking sucked. We should not have lost that game. 
to the St. Louis Blues by the way that we did. We should not have given up eight goals to this team who has nobody who could score. Ryan O'Reilly's no longer on the other side of the ice when we play this team. They're not that good. They have no business beating us the way that they just did. And so far, they've been able to turn it around. The Avs are on a three-game winning streak. That includes beating Dallas head-to-head. So one of the four matchups that we get against the Stars, we already have a leg up on. But it's just – it's been an up-and-down season. It's kind of the best way I can describe it. I think the hardest part about what the Avs have been dealing with this, this season is all the new faces, right? There is a oh, – yeah. there is they're, a, they're starting to gel. They are starting to gel, but there is a way of hockey that the Avalanche have played that made it successful. There is there is a there is a there is an identity of this team that Drew in, that Miles Wood, that, that Ross Colton doesn't know Ross about Colton, yet. Yes. They, they don't well, know Ross about Colton yet. is learning. Ross They're Colton learning. has now cemented himself as next to LOC on that third line. But Ross They're, Colton they, and Logan O'Connor, they're like they're stepbrothers because they they had that brawl in the Stanley Cup final. And now they're like, wait a second, what's your favorite non-pornographic no. magazine? To Okay, it's good housekeeping. Great, yes, now we're best friends. They're the same fucking person. Logan O'Connor and Ross l- Colton. Ross Colton's just a little learning, bit bigger. They're learning quickly, but I think it had it did take some time to figure out of the, what the, the new guys, the identity of the team, right? Because McKinnon and McCarr are not going to change who they are for these new fuckers. It's you picking up where they are. Right, Miko, Mac, and McCarr have a certain way of they play and pace that you're going to have to learn, or you're going to be fucking sent down to fucking uh, uh, to the Eagles. Plain and simple. That's mm-hmm. exactly. And, and ask, ask Druin, ask who, who was sent down at one point. Ask the likes of of uh, of uh, um, who's the, uh, a Noonan, a Noonan who who's, who, who, who can't. Yeah. Uh, who can't even get any run on the on, on this number one team? We got some no name Russian playing backup goalie instead of our Olofsson been up and down. Yeah, Olafsman been up and down. Uh, look, the the rumor, not the rumor, the rumor came true uh, with Francois being out for the year, so his career low most likely will be done, unfortunately. But he's back it, in the it, Czech Republic taking it, care of things with his family. So good it's, for him. It's, it's gonna be. It's gonna have to be something at the deadline backing a backup goalie because Georgie is running himself dry right now. And you can see it with those eight to two games, right? Like playing all these games, this like I think he's played 17 out of the 18 games we played this far or 15 out of 16, however many games we played. So, so like he, he's going to need some help. Like he's going to need yeah. some breathers every now and then, or by playoff time, he's going to be run dry. And that's look, when we won the cup, Darcy Kemper was not expected to play every single night. He's he was a damn good number one, but you have a good guy in Frankie behind him that you can rely on. And right now there isn't a number two that Betsy relies on. And that's going to be something that I guarantee, I guarantee it, guarantee it that that sacking McFarland are going to look at and be like, we need to, we're going to need to address this when 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 the time comes. For now, you're you're happy with what you've been able to do and continue to try and find things out. That's the best thing about Bednar, and we know he's going to. Um, it, it's he's going to find the right combination that's going going to work. However that shakes out, whatever that means. And we, we saw the detriment that this team had of not going out and getting somebody at the deadline last year that are not going to sit on their hands again. They saw it too. They learned just as much as we all did from doing that. So uh, other, the, the other standings in the central Winnipeg right now tied with the abs at 22. Then you got the St. Louis blues three back. He is, he is, and St. Louis has a zero goal differential, so they're just as good as they are bad. That's about the nicest thing that I could say. So shout out Variety Sports and Brandon. It's about the nicest thing I'll ever say about the St. Louis Blues. Um, hockey, it's 
it is to a point where games are starting to matter, but now it's just, I would like to see consistency. I would like to see a little bit more consistency and let's continue to gel. If you're avalanche fans, um, it's an 82 game season and we haven't even played 20 games yet. So as bad as some of it has been, take the good, like take Ross Colton ingratiating himself. He's as bad as those penalties that he took against New Jersey was, it shows that he cares about that crest on the front of the sweater. It yeah. shows that he cares about this team and he wants to do and now it was the wrong situation and he handled it the wrong way, but he wanted to do the right thing. He's just got to learn. He's still a young kid. I'm glad that we got him on the contract that we did. And I'm glad that he's showing the progress under this coaching staff. Take the good that you have now and let's continue to play a consistent brand of hockey. We've said it the last three years, we don't need to win the president's trophy. It'd be really nice to win your division, but in NHL Stanley cup playoffs, home ice, home field doesn't really matter all that much. I mean, the Kraken beat us on home ice in game seven last year. So just make sure you're in the dance and make sure that you're in a good spot. Like, you you know your team is ready to go. That's all we have to do as Colorado Avalanche fans. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's get to the pick em. We got a feast of games this weekend because we got three on Thanksgiving Day. We have the one on Black Friday and then Browns, Bronco, or Browns Broncos, Steelers, Bengals, Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football. So we have let's, – let's count them together. Ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. So it's a big week. It's a big week. Big week. And I, uh, Very and big week. That, and we don't and have an update on the standings because Monday Night Football right. is still going on. Monday Night Football will dictate get, who ends up having the better week. I got two back. I got two back, and then you, you, two back on you, and then uh, you beat me. On We're the, even uh, right now because I got Cleveland and I got Miami. Got All right, actually, you're one ahead of me. You're you have one back yeah. on me. But so if Kansas City wins, we're even and, and there's no movement. Um, if Philly wins, then you get two back on me. Right now, Kansas City, as we're recording this, is up seven nothing and they, they're trying to stop Philly from scoring. So I'm gonna once we're done with the podcast here, I'm gonna get off and, and watch this show or watch the end of the game because that's I thought football was I thought football was dead to you, Jimmy, though. I, I, yeah, I, no, I, my, I, Bengals football is dead to me, but I will still watch any other football game that's on. You that's son of a bitch, I'm back in. <laughs> I'm back in. I'm never. I never left. I never yeah, left I football. I left Bengals football. That's the that's distinction. Fair. Fair. I did also jump ten toes into wrestling. I was at high school wrestling practice today. I was at the scrimmage. On, we had a scrimmage on Saturday, um, and we're we're coming back after Thanksgiving. We have three duels in a tournament right away for the middle school season, and then high school season starts. But First game on Thanksgiving, Packers-Lions. This is finally going to be a game where I think we can sit down and say, the Lions are going to be fun to watch. I don't know if it's going to be fun to watch them play the Packers. Um, last week that, scared me a little bit. The Packers come and it, and it makes win. me, Yeah, the Packers Almost. did look good. So it scares me that the Lions looked as bad as they did against the Bears because they should have beat the Bears. I was the one singing the praises, saying that the Bears weren't that bad, but the Lions should have handled business better than they did. Goff looked awful. He's going to have to play better. The Packers started to put some things together. And the Packers, we just talked about it with the Avalanche, where you have all these new faces, all these people in new roles. Packers did a very similar thing. This is the first year they let Jordan Love have the reins, and they also gave him a whole bunch of really young guys on offense with him. And they're figuring it out all, all together. And it hasn't been Don, pretty. 
Dobbs and Dobbs and uh, Watson are figuring out their role in this offense very, very slowly. I would like to see the Packers get more Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the mix. They've been struggling, run, the run game specifically. Um, look, they just beat a bad squad in the, in the Chargers. The Chargers are not a good football team, plain and simple. Every single year I can sit up here and say that confidently, that they're, they're going to disappoint you and disappoint every single – um, every single thought that you have about this team. But, yeah, I, I'm i going to the Lions here. I believe in the Lions. The Lions. Like I said, that's a game that the Lions play very poorly, but you still win. That's the important yeah. part. That's the important part. Yeah, it was ugly. Yeah, you should have beat them by a lot more. But the old Lions would have lost that game. They figured out a way to win that football game, and that's the most important part about this. So, so Jameson Williams is a, is a weapon I think that they've unlocked. And Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery – and, it, and to Jared, Jared Goff's point, he didn't let the bad plays in the beginning of the game stop him from going down and having the two drives to win it at the end. They were down 11 with three minutes left. You had to go quick. And if you don't have a quarterback that could do that, you don't win that game. So exactly. as bad as it was early, Jared Goff does deserve credit for winning. I'm also going with the Lions because uh, the Packers are where the Lions were, I think, three seasons ago, where they're learning how just to win games, keep themselves close, don't lose these bad these games very badly. That's where the Packers are right now. And they can put an opposite stranglehold on this division. Eight and two. If they win this week, nine and two. The Vikings, after losing their four-game winning streak uh, to a, to the team with now the longest winning streak in the mm. NFL, um, uh, they they can put a stranglehold on this division. You win this week, there's a very very good chance that um, you're gonna you're have this division locked up by week 13, 14. I, 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 this I, week I, and next week because they play the Vikings next week. You could, you could, yeah. This division is won in these two weeks. There, that's exactly what Campbell's saying in those in those interviews. He's like, you know what? We win these two weeks, we host a playoff game for the first time. I don't even know how long. <laughs> like, it's been a long ass time. It's first time that those. they're, first time that they're eight and two since nineteen fifty six. Since I think it was Kennedy was in office. So I think that that's what it was. <laughs> well, or, no, that was yeah, before. Or, it would have been before it Kennedy. Would have been. I, I, uh, I don't know. No, John. You're going. You're going older. Reagan was the the <laughs> Lyndon Johnson. I, I'm going to guess Lyndon Johnson was probably the president the last that, time that, that the that, Lions that's were why you're the teacher. That's why that's I'm why a social studies teacher. teacher because it had. Guess what? It doesn't matter. Does that give me more money in my paycheck? No. Just stuff that I know. Just shit I made up in my head. It's good stuff to know, at least for you. It's good stuff to know for you. Not for me, not for, for us, but for you. <laughs> uh, next game that we have, Commanders, Cowboys. Cowboys coming off their BCS Bowl against Carolina. Um, that pick six was pretty sweet. But that's because they're just building up BCS points, beating the shitty teams. They're going to build up their computer algorithm and be there at the end of the season only to get beat in the second round of the playoffs. But when they play shitty teams, they, they like their style points, Nico. Their BCS Bowl dream. They beat shitty teams very easily. Yes. They beat a lot yes. of shitty teams very easily. I'm. It's not even a question. Death taxes and the Cowboys winning on Thanksgiving. That, that, that that's you, that's where they're at. Like they usually play like like Jerry Jones uh, calls yeah, Roger every cupcake on Thanksgiving. Yeah, they 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 give they give a conversation to Roger every single year. Be like, hey, um, give us a bone. Commanders probably suck this year. Give me, give me them on Thanksgiving. Like, you want the Commanders? Like, yeah, give me a division rival where everyone thinks it's gonna be a good Shout game. Out Shout out Tommy DeVito. Shout out Tommy D. That good old Tommy Italian D. boy gets the, the best, win. We were the, all the giving best him celebration. Shit, still sleeping at home. The best celebration of football right now, Tommy DeVito with the with the with the Paisano fucking dun, celebration. Dun, 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 good for him, but now the Cowboys are a better team. I'm. I'm 
give me the Cowboys very easily. Yeah. No, I'm not going to – I'm not stupid enough. I think the first game is a, a lot better than this game. Uh, this this game – And that's how it's been the last three years. The middle game always sucks. Well, last year – well, it was actually – last year did suck because it was Minshew versus the Cowboys instead of Jalen Hurts versus the Cowboys. So um, – but I do th- – I agree with you. Now we have the conundrum because the last game on Thanksgiving, we have to go back to the, the wheel of power in the NFC West. And it stayed true this last week. McVay beats um, uh, Carroll. McVay beats Carroll. Carroll beats Shanahan. We have Carroll versus Shanahan this weekend. It's in Seattle. It's on Thanksgiving night. For that reason, I'm going to go Seattle. Uh, Look, I'm I'm glad we differ on this game because I was a little worried about the rest of the games going forward. But I, I... I'm going San Francisco here. I believe the 49ers. You're going against the power dynamic. Yeah, I'm going against the power dynamic. I'm going in the power running dynamic of of run CMC and Kyle Juicy Juice over there getting the wheels turning against this very piss poor run defense, in my opinion. They're a bad team. They're not a great team in Seattle, but they've won. The Seattle defense is. The Seattle defense is not very, very good. Their offense. Did you take any solace in the when when Drew Locke played the way that he did, and then Russell Wilson got the win? Did, how big did you want to rub it into Seattle fans' face? I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't watch the second of that game, and then I I walked because I I was out Sunday night football with my little brother, and we, we we were at that game, which we'll all talk about here in a little bit, but um. I walked to that game and the TV had the had the Seahawks and Rams game on. And I was like, "Why the fuck are they showing Drew Locke? Like, wh- what did I miss? Like, is, I see Geno Smith warming up. What the fuck am I watching?" And then I, I apparently, I, I literally you telling me that Drew Locke played that game was the first news I heard about it. <laughs> be honest yeah, with you, because I was walking and he threw a pick up up by two points through a pick that ended up setting up the Rams game winning field goal. I don't know if that sounds familiar to you. Uh, sounds very, very familiar to me. Is all I'm gonna say. I know we watched the Bengals game where he basically did the same thing, where he gave the ball to Sam Hubbard. He's like, "Oh shit, yeah, you want you the take football. the ball, you get the football, you get the ball. I don't want the football yet. If I keep the ball and kick here, I I I win the game. Yeah, I don't want to do that." All I'm saying is last year was last year was very very badly, but if you look at the long term aspect of what of what that trade is looks like this year, all of a sudden the Broncos are evening it out. Is all I'm gonna say, uh, because Geno Smith is not in your future. Okay, he's gonna be he's gonna be gone here in I would say one or two years, and Drew Locke ain't your future. And draft pick Charles Cross looks pretty good. I will give you that. He looks like he could be a decent left tackle for years to come. But all of a sudden, Russell Wilson looks like Russell Wilson, and and the Broncos have have have. I'm not going to say won the trade yet. They haven't won the trade yet because there's a lot of draft picks that we still don't have. But it's it's getting there. It's getting there. Is all I'm going to say. It's closer than it was. It's closer, even. it's closer, much closer than what it was. Oh, uh, now we're moving to the Black Friday game. This the NFL continues to cry over the fact that this was going to be Aaron Rodgers standalone television against Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins, but. At last, we have the Jets who scored an offensive touchdown. Yeah, uh, they, uh, stay they got stay one. Elevation, everybody, stay in the yeah. elevation. Give, it give, give it to them. Everybody, it if you're it. watching on YouTube, give my hand. Give my hand with us. Everybody, give my hand. Give my hand. They've done it. You are They've still done it. So, uh, it was just it was the, so just, it was the shit sandwich Robert Sala needed to eat. Where. Zach Wilson truck sticks you on the sidelines and you can't take this guy out 
and you can't injure him because now everybody's watching you. So if you throw an extra rib shot, they're going to know where that came from. Can't break his arm or anything. Quick Kimura, choke him out. Oh, uh, uh, I don't know. Zach's out. He got knocked out from hitting his head on the ground. I don't know what happened. No, I, don't was... know if you, I don't know if you saw the report that came out Monday, but Zach Wilson is not the backup. He's the third string quarterback coming into this game. Who's they, the they starting have... quarterback? Tim Boyle is the starting quarterback. And you know who the backup is? Good old Denver Bronco, Trevor Simeon, is the yep. backup quarterback. Miami's they, winning they this have, game. They have the most – yeah, the, I'm not even going to stutter here. Dolphins are absolutely winning this game. But the, and they the might Jets, score 80. Zach Wilson, man, I – oh, this – this like, like, not be, like, what happened to the Zach Wilson of week two or week three or whatever the hell it was where the guy was playing with – Don and um, Kelsey's swagger, not there. With, the guy was playing with Swagger, and I'll tell you what it was, Jimmy. Who's calling plays for them? Nathaniel Hackett's calling plays. Oh, 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 how the turns have tabled. Oh, Jimmy, all I heard about week three. What was the final score of the game against Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos? Jimmy, Jimmy, I'm well aware of that, but let's remind ourselves of what what Nathaniel Hackett is. Because that was his damn Super Bowl. And that is going to be the highlight of his coaching career. Because the Jets fans are calling for his head. (laughs) It's funny. All those guys that were giving him bear hugs and, you motherfucker, you're him. You are not the problem. Oh, crazy how, how, how the tides have turned. Right? Since that game, since that game, Nathaniel Hackett probably will not be calling plays here. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers calling football plays. Um, and the Brandon Broncos have won four straight. The, the Jets are the Jets. The Jets, this defense, they're wasting a damn good defense, plain and simple. This damn good defense is fucking sick and tired of fucking watching the offense go three and out, three and out, three and out every damn, every damn series. Because you can only take so much. Of, 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 of time on the field. You can only stop an offense so much. And for whatever reason, this, this builds the offense that, that had struggled the last couple of weeks against the Broncos, against the, other, uh, against the uh, Bengals, not the Bengals. Um, yep. Yeah, against, against the Bengals, Bengals, against the Bengals. Um, all of a sudden, just, just nothing, just nothing. They decided they were going to be absolute gods and play back to what Buffalo was last year. And that's what the Jets' defense gives them. No, give me the Dolphins. They run away with this very, very, very easily. And look, the conversation is going to start about this Dolphins team, though. I'll say it. The conversation is going to start. They, they only beat a 500 beat team this past weekend. They did. They did. They did. They got that. No longer 500. But 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 their best win of the season right now, Jimmy, is the seventy to twenty team against over win over the Denver Broncos. Like like like, like let's 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 they 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 beat a playoff a team that's in the playoff race. They beat a team in the playoff that's in the playoff race by fifty points. That's their best win of the season. Plain and simple. That's let, let's not even let's not points. even talk about that. It's crazy that we're at that point of the season, but we are. So Jerry Jones Dolphins looks at that like God damn it. Why can't my are, game? Why can't my team win by fifty points? The Dolphins need need some big wins and some good teams. I I think this is going to be an absolute ass stomping. I think I'm going to find something else to do on Friday night than watch this shit show because um, I don't want to watch Tim Boyle play quarterback. But, yeah, give me the Dolphins. All right, let's talk about it. Bengals not only lose on Thursday, um, they're being investigated by the NFL for the way that an injury disclosure was, was handled. If you guys were watching the social media Wednesday, there's a video. It showed him, him with his hand in a brace. 
They now have gone back through seeing if they should have disclosed an injury. Either way, he popped his UCL um, in his elbow. He's not going to be able to play for the rest of the season. Very clearly, uh, I'll give him the credit that he deserves. He was a warrior to the point where he literally couldn't throw the football, and that's where he pulled himself off the field. But it it was just bad, and it got worse from there. We're going to have Jake Browning now be the starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. AJ McCarron's been elevated from practice squad. He's now going to be the backup, so could have a flashback 2016 and uh, might, might lose my mind here. Um, I, I've had the benefit. That's why I worked as much as I did yesterday. I went on the Sunday morning tailgate, which was with a Browns fan and Doug and a Bengals fan in Jordan. I was on talking to Gridiron last night. We were hashing it out. I'm not going to give up 110% of my hope because the Bengals were still in the playoff race. And in 2016 or in 2015, when Andy Dalton went down, AJ McCarron did come in and almost won enough games that they were still in the playoffs. Now they were actually in a solidified playoff spot at that point. They weren't having to win and come back through the wild card. But my thing is, Jake Browning wouldn't be the backup quarterback. He wouldn't be getting the starting job this week if he wasn't the guy that they've deemed worthy of that position. It's going to be tough because when you have a guy like Joe Burrow, you normally don't have as great of players backing him up. That's why you have Joe Burrow. You don't have great backups at that position because Joe Burrow makes it so that you don't need a great backup at that position until it it no longer works out. So I don't know. I'm hoping that I get a Jake Browning run that I'm honestly, what I want is kind of like how Minshew mania was when that first year where he became uncle Rico just make it exciting, make it fun. Beat the Steelers this weekend. So I'm going to start that start there. I'm picking the Bengals because I uh, I still have the shirt out. So I guess I'll you you've seen this before. Yeah, I've seen that before. I know Just say that. no. Hate the Steelers. We'll never pick the Steelers. So don't ask me. I'm not doing it. So quit asking. And look, uh, it's a it's a decent bet. Let's be honest with ourselves, because the Steelers' offense may be the worst offense in football, and that's saying a lot because we just talked about the Jets. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know if you if Matt Canada is throwing. They scored twenty three points total yesterday. The Browns and the Steelers. Like I, the, I told I did I not say last week take the massive under this football of that football game because you need to, and I'm going to do the exact same this week. I'm going to take the under and, and with flying colors because Jake Browning's not going to put up thirty points if he does. I don't think Jamar Chase is going to. He's not thirty points, not thirty points. But you don't think that a team with Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, can can at least muster fourteen instead of thirteen. The problem we're running into is Miles Garrett coming to take Jake Browning's poor head off against a very poor offensive lineman. Still, TJ Watt, you're you're, you're, you're mixing sorry, the Steelers right, and the Browns. Right, right. You got Miles Garrett to think about. That's why you're. That's why yeah, he's I, on I, your I, brain. I, I'm thinking about him. Yeah, TJ TJ Watt coming off the edge may take off Jake Browning's helmet. And, oh, and I've seen it happen before. I was in. I've told the story. I was in the hospital watching them play the, the Steelers when I when I had my episode, and the left tackle got beat so bad that quarterback was sacked and the first thing that hit was his head on his right tackle's ass because his right tackle was also getting his ass kicked uh the Steelers the defense has the possibility to make this one hurt but that I'm glad that the offense is what the offense is because I'm I can at least rest assured knowing that I'm not going to get blown out by the Pittsburgh Steelers team knocking on wood knocking on wood please god don't let that happen. If that happens, I, I will never talk about football ever again in my life. But I guarantee, I, I'm going to pick the Bengals too. I, I I'm going to go Cincinnati here too because you're I, a brave man. I I know I'm a brave man, but 
this unless the Steelers defense gets like a touchdown, I don't think the Steelers can win this football game. I, like I I I'm I worry for Jake Browning. They also have Mika Fitzpatrick going against Jake Browning now. Yeah, Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, J- J- and look this 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 defense. And don't get me wrong, the 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 Bengals defense is not great, but the Steelers offense is. They, they have no identity. Matt Canna is the worst offensive coordinator in the history of football. Um, for whatever reason, Jalen Warren is, is, is turned into a number one back over there. They need to give him the football more. They completely went away with that. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm riding the Bengals, but I don't love it. I, I hate it. I hate every second of it. I hate every second of it, but I'm going to write. Not it excited about it either. I the Pittsburgh what Pittsburgh did to me last week. I I, I took them to win the football game. I, I and and I hated for it because I believed in that defense. But I I can't do it. I can't do it. Give me your Bengals. Give me Jake. Look, what what is what is the odds of when when a rookie or backup quarterback comes into a football game? I I, I don't know. I know what the odds are when a when a when a replacement coach comes in, it's because it's pretty high when that team wins a football game. I don't know about when a replacement quarterback comes in, especially against a division rival. So we'll see. Look, it'd at be least beneficial. At I, I will say it'd be very beneficial for the for the for the Steelers to win this football game for the Denver Broncos. Is all I'm gonna say. Um, so in terms of playoff standings, but I'm, I'm I believe that the Bengals are a better football team. I like winning the pickup. So give me the Bengals. Yeah, I'm, I'm not liking it either. And then moving on to the Browns and Broncos game, I I was thinking about it because I like the defense and I think that the defense is going to give them struggles. But watching that game last night, here's what I learned about the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton. Uh, they don't give a fuck. They're just going to do what gives them the best opportunity to be close at the end of the game because no coach, no other coach – is willingly going to kick four field goals and save his one play that he knows can get him a touchdown for the very last play of the oh, game. That's exactly what Sean Payton did. He did nothing so, else. It was dive so left, right. dive you're right, so right, toss you're left, so toss right. right, field goal, field goal, field goal, field oh, goal. You're, you're so oh, one touchdown. Right. I wish you were wrong, but you're so right. This defense is putting lipstick on a fat pig for three quarters of the football game, and 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 then and then putting and then the offense says, you know what, Russell Wilson, you have the highest amount of uh, game-winning touchdown drives and and of of current standing NFL quarterbacks of current standing NFL quarterbacks, and let's go have let's go do some Russell magic. And they go work for three quarters, but you're damn right, it's going to work in the fourth quarter. And, and look, the Broncos in this four-game span. Four, which, like I said earlier, the longest winning streak in the National Football League. You beat the Packers. Obviously, the Packers aren't very good. You beat the defending Super Bowl champions. You beat a preseason Super Bowl favorite, one of the preseason Super Bowl favorites in the Buffalo Bills. A lot of people had the Bills winning Super Bowl just because Josh Allen and such. And you beat and you beat a team that had the longest winning streak coming in the NFL in four straight weeks. Not four straight weeks, five straight weeks because of the bye week. Whatever. Those are some fucking good wins, okay? And I'm not going to sit here and say, Russ is back, Russ is back, Russ is back. Motherfuckers making me believe. <laughs> and that's all I want. Doing what they know will, will put them in positions to win. And that's, that's all I want. And they're, yeah, I, I, they're a thousand percent committed to it. And I don't I know don't, how anybody hasn't just absolutely jumped off a cliff because it's a boring brand of football and it's no fun it's to root for. Football. But it's it wins. Winning. 
It wins. I, yo, Jimmy, Jimmy, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking fight you on this conversation because it may not be fun to watch football, but I'm having fun winning football games, okay? Because, because it may not be, it may not be fun, but it's fun winning. It is fun winning, okay? So that's where I'll differ on you. I don't care how it looks. I don't care what way you get there, but you win. You win. Your your army, you navy, air force running a triple option offense until the very end of the game, where you might loosen up and throw a couple passes. Dude, Every seen- once in a while, you throw a pretty good pass. So you're we gonna eat your gentle pudding. We haven't been relevant in eight years, Jimmy. This team has a real shot at fucking fighting for fun the playoffs, okay? We haven't been relevant in eight years. I don't care how it's done. I don't care how it's done. Like, I, I, I really don't. And look, Russell Wilson and Ru- Russell Wilson has figured out how to win football games again. That's the most important thing. Russell Wilson did not know how to win football games for a fucking season in a, in a fucking a quarter. And a he quarter, didn't have a coach to be able to put it together for him. And and Sean Payton is saying, "You motherfucker! I look. I don't need three hundred yards out of you. You do what I tell you, and that's I it. don't. I need one fifty, and I need you to not turn the ball over. <laughs> and that's how you win football games. That's what he's telling him. I need one fifty, and I need you to take care of the football. And that's what he's doing. Motherfucker's doing it. He's saying this offensive line that 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 is that is not very good at pass rushing, but that is pretty damn good at at run, at run 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 offense, and pretty damn good at pushing the uh, the offensive line a couple yards ahead. Has decided, you know what? Let's fucking play. Let's play hard nose football, because in a world of the Kansas City Chiefs, in a world of the air raid offense, if you keep team good teams off the field and you limit the amount of possessions good teams have. You're going to be in football games. And then you just have to hope your offense can come through at the end of the football game. And Russell Wilson has put together two back-to-back game-winning drives against two, 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 two very, very good football teams. And when I say very good football teams, I mean that because I still believe that the Bills can be in the playoffs. I still believe the, the Vikings, after a four-game winning streak, are a very, very talented team. And they haven't had Justin Jefferson, their best player yet, playing for them these past couple weeks. So – it's important to get another win under your belt this week. It's very, very important because there's a chance this defense is facing Joe Flacco this week. I don't know if you saw the addition. I did. Joe see. Flacco I was did. added. Joe Flacco was added. If they're going to play Joe Flacco, you might as well play DTR. Play DTR. Yeah, don't I, I, I think don't they're fuck set up, around with it. They are set up better for success playing DTR, 100% in my opinion. DTR gives them a better chance to win. But my God, this is going to be a grinded out football game of which defense uh, gives first. I'll say it. It's going to be which defense gets first. Because DTR and Jerome Ford back there are, are, are going to be playing a very a much improved defense than ever Broncos. And then you have Russell Wilson on the other end playing a top five defense in football. Like it, it, it is it is the Broncos' best strength against the Browns' best strength. And it is the, Bron- uh, the Broncos' least strength for, uh, actually, I take that back. I think the Broncos' defense is still their strength. They but cancel each it, other it, out. It's canceling each other out right now. This is what we're, what we're going to see. And it's, who bites it's just first. like the Bengals-Steelers game because the Cincinnati defense is good enough to stop this bad Pittsburgh offense, but the Bengals' offense isn't good enough to play with the Steelers' defense. Same thing goes for the Broncos. The Broncos' offense is not going to be good who enough gives? to play with the defense, but this Cleveland offense is not going to be good enough to do too much Bengals against the Broncos' defense. defense. Broncos' so. defense, who has the most takeaways since we, since this four-game winning streak started, which – Justin Simmons was just flat out bullying TJ Hawkinson yeah. last night. Oh my just, god! I no, enjoy every second of it. No, 
as a guy who was facing TJ Hawkinson in fantasy football, watching Justin Simmons pass, bat those balls out of the air, music to my ears, okay? My brother and I were both facing TJ Hawkinson in fantasy football at that game. We were enjoying every second of it. It's funny, Jimmy. I, I, I want to I add one more thing to this because, about the Sunday Night Football game because my, my family has tickets on the opposing sideline. We sit behind the Vikings, right? There's a lot of Vikings fans. There was a lot of Vikings fans, but a lot of Minnesotans here in Denver, Colorado. You know, a lot of motherfuckers on their high horse doing the skull chant. And had the and, and look, you had the right to do it. You had the right to do it. The skull chant and there's but but if you come into an opposing stadium and, and fucking have your own little group of people that all want to fucking fight and, 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 and do your own little chant in our stadium, you better be able to take it back. Because me and my myself, my brother, and the rest of our Broncos fans sitting around those skull chants, we're enjoying our skull claps at the end. And those motherfuckers are not happy. And I look, I had a motherfucker be like, you don't fucking deserve to do that. You haven't done anything. I said, like, neither of you, buddy. The Vikings are just as relevant as the Denver Broncos have been the last eight years. I'm sorry, but that's true, okay? Outside of the damn Minnesota miracle, you ain't done shit. You ain't done shit. Okay? I told this guy that. I was like, you haven't done anything either. I was like, if you're gonna come into my stadium. I'll say it. You're going to come into my stadium and do a chant like that, and you can't take it back? And don't fucking pay for the ticket? Play it simple. Don't take pay for the ticket. Go watch that ass being at home, bro. That's all I'm going to say. Because I had, I had dudes look at me, Vikings fans look at me, while I was scrolling right back at them in their faces. And they were not fucking happy. And I was like, you fucking asked for it. And look, I am I am a person that stands on my horse that loves going to away stadiums, okay? I did it for the I've done it for the Nuggets. I've done it for the Avs when we played in Arizona. I've did it for I haven't done I do it. Do it every year when the Bengals come here. You do it all the time. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. But you need to know your fucking role. And you you know your role if too. If you're gonna be a certain way, you're gonna have to know that you, you can have take to it take it back. Only thing. Yeah. Exactly. Is if you're gonna be a fucking loud mouth. And you lose a football game, you better be able to take that son of a bitch back. Is all I'm gonna say, especially when you're on the road. And and look, I when I was at Game Four in the Suns Nuggets series last last playoffs, we lost. We lost pretty badly too. Me and Jonah sat there and fucking shut our mouth because we knew that this was bad. That we weren't going to lose our mind and we weren't going to go. Let's go Nuggets chance. No, we can cheer on our team our own way and not be idiots. You want to be an idiot coming to my stadium and do that? You better be able to take it on the way out. All right. I didn't realize this, but we are getting all four of the AFC North teams out of the way in the pick'em. Ravens uh, are favored by four over the Chargers. Chargers, it's bad over there in Charger land. Uh, Brandon Staley, you know that you know you should be fired when you say no. And by the way, it wasn't just a defense because we didn't do very well in the low red zone. We had some turnovers. We had some drops. And we weren't getting the plays that we needed to at the right times. I was like, dude, yeah, but we we all know that you still suck on defense, right? Talk, talk about still- a team. Talk, talk about a team that should have fired their coach last year and went after Sean Payton, right? <clears throat> like 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 Sean Payton with that Chargers team. Like like let's let's let, let's keep it buck ourselves. The Chargers team after last season was much further ahead than the Broncos are at the end of last season. It, it was night and day difference. But right now, the Denver Broncos are a better football team than San Diego. Yep, I said that San Diego Chargers because you can't take the San Diego. You can take you can take the team out of San Diego, Jimmy, but you can't take the San Diego out of the team. That's just how it is. That's the Charger way. That's how it always will be. Staley will be. I don't think Staley finishes the season. To be honest, with you, they, I don't think they they've already season. had their buy. They had their buy early, but it's it's they, time. They, they, the Broncos still play the the, the Chargers twice. 
They play they play them, I think, in two weeks, maybe three weeks. I don't know what it is. Two, three weeks, and they play them in five, six weeks, and two weeks after that. So I think and that's going to be the nail in the coffin. You lose to the Broncos, and, and, and at, or either I think we play at home first or maybe we're on the road first. I'm not sure. I think we play in, in, in L.A. first. I think that's the nail in the coffin because Staley will not finish the season now, and Herbert is being wasted. And, look, the conversation is going to come up. They don't know how to win. The Chargers do not know how to win, plain and simple. That's just the Charger way. Never been able to, never will. Maybe they'll figure it out. Nuggets did, right? <laughs> they'll figure it out. But it took 50 years of pain. So we'll see if, if how, long, how long it figures out. And, look, you have a, you have a Hall of Fame-level type of talent at quarterback. You had a Hall of Fame-level type of talent at a quarterback position for 15 years. And what look what it got you. One at AFC or yeah, it's AFC, giving AFC championship. Rivers. So, giving yeah, a lot of Philip Rivers right now. And Eckler That's- is giving very, very much LT vibes where he's he's an absolute stud. He's a damn workhorse. He gives everything for the team. He hel- helps this team to a lot of wins when they shouldn't win, plain and simple. But for the long-term aspect, he's not going to be the reason why they win it, win it all. And and, and yeah. that's unfortunate part about LT. And it's unfortunate part about Eckler. And they're going to have to figure something out because this team has talent. Bosa, LT had the games. Yeah, Eckler. No, I mean, they have talent. They should be they fine. Together. They also lost Joey Bosa for it looks like an extended period of time. But that's a, the other thing that LT had too. At that time, the NFL, the running back could win you games. This I don't think that running back can really win you games anymore in the NFL. Oh. So as much as he's able to do in the running and passing game, he's just. I'm, I'm going to say he's probably not the same level, but he's just like McCaffrey. He loves to catch the ball out of the backfield. He does everything. He goes in motion and, and a very versatile player, but it just, it's bad. Staley, Staley should have been gone. I'm Staley, enjoying it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I, know I know you are. It's like, this is probably how the either. rest of the AFC North felt when the Bengals had Marvin Lewis as their head coach. It's like, what? Why would you guys fire him? This is awesome. We beat you all the time when he's your head coach. I just love having Marvin Lewis in the division. I love having Brandon Staley in my division. It's awesome. Um, Monday Night Football. Last game. We're finishing up with an didn't. We didn't didn't pick the game. I'm picking Baltimore. I I know you picked Baltimore. I picked Baltimore, too, because I I owe them. um, And they they earned my respect. It is going to be interesting for the Baltimore team moving forward, though, because without Mark Andrews, that offense is not the same. Uh, they were able to overcome against the Bengals, but the Bengals also lost their best offensive player. So we'll now, see. now we'll we're going to see how you're going to bounce back. Isaiah likely is going to have to have a big step up. He's going to have to be. That's the uh, weirdest nickname. Yeah, my name is Isaiah. It's not likely. even a nickname. It's it's it's, it's, it's no. I know. So my name's Isaiah Likely. He's well, likely. Is it Isaiah to or is it not? No touchdowns and not doing that team. <laughs> so we'll see. my mom's like, I'll my wish his middle name was most because I'm Isaiah most likely. Isaiah, that, that, that kind of hits low-key. Isaiah, most likely. It's not even a, a, a yearbook uh, um, superlative. It just works. Yeah, just most likely. What are you most like? I'm just most likely. I'm just most likely. Monday Night Football, Bears, Vikings. Uh, Vikings, obviously, they, they get their winning streak derailed in on Sunday night, last uh, night in Denver, and now they're going to be taking on the Bears, who looked better than they had all season. I think this is the first game that they're playing against each other this year. The Vikings favored at home by three and a half. Um, I'm just sticking with my brownie points campaign and I'm going with Minnesota. I think that Chicago is probably going to make some part of the game look a little bit interesting. 
Um, but Josh Dobbs is starting to get comfortable. There, there's a couple of plays that Josh Dobbs made last night against the Broncos where you're like, okay, he is starting to get a little bit of a feel for playing with these guys, playing they in need, Kevin O'Connell's they, they system. Need, they need Jay Jettis back because that, that, that offense became way, way too predictable at the end of that game. Way too predictable. You knew where the ball was going. And it was to 87. And when the Broncos just said, hey, Justin Simmons, uh, K.J. Osborne hasn't caught a ball all game. Jordan Addison has two catches. And uh, who knows what this Powell guy is doing. Um, just key on 87, and I think we'll be fine to, to stop them to end the game. They need J.J. back to help Dobbs out, absolutely. I will say Chicago Chicago has a very tough decision in their hands, Jimmy. Very tough. Because Justin Fields, when he plays, plays very, very good. He's been playing very, very good. And they're, another Williams, team, they're another team that should have fired their head coach two seasons ago. Yeah, and they, and the decision they have is Caleb Williams does not look good to end the season in college. He does not look good at all, and there's a lot of character issues coming out of USC right now out of him about him being his, him wanting to not play anymore, and and, and uh, what's Lincoln Riley being like you have to play like we, these guys need you. And there's a lot of there's a lot of rumors coming out of, of I, USC. I actually right hope that he sits out the rest of the season and then gets not gets drafted in the fourth fucking round. Because That's if you see how no, it's it, bullshit. He no, is Bryce no, Young reincarnated. No, no. He's not going to drop the fourth round. Is what I'm saying. That's the that's the part. Yeah, no, I I, I, I do I, think I, he's yes, now. Yeah, he's just he won't play the ball game. I guarantee you that he won't play the ball game. I I can stand and, on that. that he won't and play. I I cannot wait for the stories that come out about how shitty of a teammate he is and how much he leaves people who can't get him something out to dry. I mean, it it, it the it started with Riley and Caleb Williams both at Oklahoma when they left, and now it's just continued and it's gotten worse, and the team has gotten worse. But they're two entitled, pretentious, think they deserve so much more than they actually have earned. Like, yeah, you had a great season last year, and guess what? You followed it up with an absolute dog shit campaign to the point where I don't think that you can turn around a franchise right, right. the way that you need to as a number one overall pick. I think that look, you're going to get sacked 30 times in your first season and go cry about it to your mommy. And if you're the Chicago Bears, think about this. Pair Justin Fields with Marvin Harrison Jr. Pair Justin Fields with one of the best left tackles in, in the draft. They're not going to drop back Bowers top two overall because right now they have the number one, number two. They do pick. have two trips. They do have two picks. They, they decide to trade back, but I would say you get Marvin Harrison Jr., you keep Justin Fields and you go get a left tackle and all of a sudden things are looking up in Chicago is all I'm going to say. You get a new head coach and things are looking up because I think Justin Fields is going to play himself into being the guy. I, I really do. I really do. And, and, and he has to. He has to. If, if, if he's looking at this team right now, he says, this is my opportunity. This is my opportunity to say Chicago is my city. Chicago is my team. Fuck Caleb Williams. Go get me some help, and let's let's build this together. And I think that they're slowly and slowly leaning towards that. I think really think they are because Marvin Harrison Jr. can be the, the, Marvin Harrison can be can be a number one guy on 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 with Justin Fields and pair those two back together. Pair those two back together. You have DJ, DJ Moore, who's already solidified himself as a great number one, not a great number one, but a very very good fantasy number one. Fancy number one. He's on my team, doing a very good job. Um, you figure out a good running game, and all of a sudden, this Bears team that doesn't look like a promising future, all of a sudden has 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 a great future ahead of them. So, I think they stick with him. I think Caleb Williams is going to go to a team that is going to have to trade up for him. 
I just it's hard for me if they don't fire their coach. I don't think that they're going to build around Justin Fields because of what is the coach going to do to try and save his job? Well, it's not been my fault. I just can't get what I need to out of Fields. He's always hurt and I can't win with him. No, you've got to look at the common denominator here. And when Fields is in or when Fields is out, the Bears have looked like they can win some games and they blow it late. That's a coaching issue. That is a coaching issue, just like it's a coaching issue with the Chargers. Don't overthink it here. You know the problem. Cut the problem out. It's like trying, okay, well, let's give you uh, these antibiotics for this cancer. Well, can't you just cut it off? Like if, if it's a tumor, can't you go in there and just cut it out? Please, please get it out of me. He's, he's not going to win you games, and I don't think he's going to win you this game. So I'm picking Minnesota. Who, who do you got? Oh, yeah, I'm picking Minnesota too. I think Minnesota will figure it out more. I Look, I, I, I give Chicago a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, kudos to what they did last week against a very, very good Lions team. But I really do think that if, the, if this Bears team has, has a quote-unquote Eric Bieniemy type offensive guy or has a guy that, that they can find – Maybe, maybe a, a who's Jared Mayo? That's not Jared. Is it Jared Mayo in, in New England? In New England, yeah, yeah. I, I, the, I, I think you'll find a guy like him that's hard nosed players coach that can build a defense like D'Amico Ryan's is doing. Brian in Flores. I don't know if Brian Flores. That I, I, I don't know. If He's a defensive coordinator in Minnesota. I know. I, I just don't think his defenses have, have done enough. I, I obviously. Obviously, I don't really think that he got enough of a shot in his first. I think that the Dolphins him so hard on his first time. I don't think he it's did. different than Vance. That. It's different than Vance because Vance got like enough of a chance and then still got fired. But I mean, Brian Vance Flores was fired for. Yeah. Brian Flores got one season. It was was shut down the door and, after and was out by. A, he was out via coup. It was like a political coup to get him out of the door. Yeah, I. Oops, sorry, I, I texted I, the wrong Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that happens. But no, I'm I'm going I'm going Minnesota here. I do like yeah. I do think I do think Chicago is looking at brighter days. I will say that. All right, let's uh go ahead and recap the picks. Monday night football, we both have the Vikings. Sunday night football, we both have the Ravens, we both have the Broncos, we both have the Bengals, we both have the Dolphins. We differ on one game, so out of eight, we only differ on one game, which I didn't realize until just now. 49ers at Seahawks. I pick Seattle. You picked uh, San Francisco. And then we both have Dallas. We both have Detroit for those first couple of Thanksgiving games. Makes sense. I mean, like I said, we talked about it at the beginning of the episode. We've been friends for a long time. So the fact that we have similar thinking about quite a lot of, of stuff is probably, I mean, it's it's to be expected. Uh, what else do you got before we send the people off to enjoy the rest of the Thanksgiving holiday? Hopefully, if you have to work on Friday, I apologize to you dearly. Look for a new job, but this is hopefully you're enjoying listening to us on the day that you have to go back to work if you did have to work Friday. But what do you got for the people, Nick? Oh, well, everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Eat some turkey, spend time with loved ones, enjoy the company of those around you. It's important this time of the year to enjoy the company of the ones you love and the ones um, the ones that are always there for you. So um, I, I look forward to spending the time with the family and, as everyone else should. So um, and, that, and, and that being said, uh, Broncos country, we're all the way the fuck back. Enjoy in, in in the Mile High City. We have what, what, what was the line that we said uh, two years ago on the Ass Podcast? We have Nathan McKinnon. We have Nicole Jokic. We have ladies Russell gentlemen, Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, we finally two years later. It took two years, but ladies and gentlemen, we finally have Russell Wilson. So Broncos country, let's believe.
let's let's believe. Let's believe. Let's, let's, just, let's, believe. Let's believe. let's believe. Just believe. Um, be here to follow at FEO TV pod. Check out all of the other episodes. If you haven't, if you're just jumping on, we have a bunch of episodes that you can go back and listen to. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out the videos there. Follow at variety underscore sports underscore, and be sure to check out the variety sports network. I've been on talking the gridiron all season. I just went on Sunday morning tailgate uh, there. They have the double, double show basketball. They have the five hole show for NHL shows galore. Anything that you could want to listen to something about uh, fat boy fadeaway. Those guys over there, Jordan and uh, Doug, everybody else at VSN, check those guys out. Check us out. Be sure to follow, tell a friend, uh, spread our our news word of mouth wise. Get more people to tune in. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Tell your family that you love them. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. For myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryan, episode 161 of the Far End of the Bench podcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We will see you next time. Peace. If you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench.